Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest-running EOS podcast. I'm your host, Zach Gall. Rob Finch is not here uh, starting in 2020, but I have an upgrade, actually. I am here with Eve Rose and Benny Hakak from EOS Nation and Liquid Apps. What's up, guys? You guys are like three, four, five-time guests at this point on the show. So happy to uh, have you guys here. EOS Nation has been on fire lately. Block producer of the year, number four block producer in the rankings, the highest ranked Western block producer, over 333 million votes, number two in CPU speed. If you go into Aloha EOS and look at the CPU times, it, it's it's basically just uh, EOS Nation and Attic Lab, and then everyone else is, is miles away. Uh, what else have you guys done this year? The reward proxy has been super successful. You won the DSP portal for the DAP network. Uh, your hackathon mentors. You're like, uh, I gotta like hail to the king here. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, man? I love the intro. I love the energy. I was watching the show with you and that and and James uh, earlier this week, and you guys are like, oh man, we gotta redo the intro. We gotta redo the intro. That's the energy. You just nailed it. You just nailed it. I had to bring Amazing. it. Man. So happy to have you here, and I'm always happy to have my dear leader, uh, Benny Hakak from Liquid Apps. <laughs> uh, and, you're a legend yourself, man. I, I, I hype you up all the time, uh, but let, let, let's let's run through your accolades. So, Technion graduate. That's like the MIT of Israel. Uh, Israeli elite technology unit. Strategic consultant at Ernst and Young. And then you ended up at Bancor. And then you uh, spun up Liquidios. And now uh, you're the the man at the helm of Liquid Apps, which. Uh, I'm a little bit biased here, but I think we are doing. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're doing some of the best work in in the blockchain space, and I, I, I think more people need to know about it. I think this conversation will help open up some people's eyes to the innovation happening here and how it, it's not just on the EOS main that it, it's all blockchains. And, and I think some of the theme of this conversation today is going to be interoperability, like stopping the maximalism, like stop attacking each other. Let's start working together and scaling, scaling blockchain, like bringing real life use cases to a blockchain, enterprise use cases to a blockchain. I, I hope after this conversation today that you get the idea of like big things are happening. Uh, I have not been it, like a lot of people can't tell because like morale has been down, but it's coming back up. The community has been quiet, but a, a, as the community has been quiet, so have the, been the, the developers. Everyone's had their heads down building. There's so much innovation happening. I, I, I am so excited for 2020 and what it's going to bring, not only with EOS, but the DAP network with EOS Nation just blazing trails. I hope all Western BPs follow the path of EOS Nation, but I'm going to stop talking here. I'm going to let you guys uh, thank me for this intro, and then we're going to move on to these <laughs> topics. Let's go. <laughs> thank, thank you, so you very much for, much for the intro. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. It's been uh, really, really energetic and amazing, and thank you for the compliments. I truly agree with everything you said about Eve, and I wish all the Western and Eastern BPs follow his path uh, when it comes to BP, uh, BPing, if you will. BPing, uh, yeah. This is always like getting out of my ear. Wait a second. Because you always do one. Okay. I always do one because I wanted to keep on. Uh, batteries. Uh, yeah. I forget. Just buy a second pair. Just buy a no, second pair. New ones now. I just, uh. I just got them used to the old ones, which kind of, you know, uh, got tired down <laughs> after a while. Um, but thank you, Zach. I do think that we have an amazing year ahead of us, and I can't wait. 
I, I also, I, in my rage of excitement, I forgot to mention that Eve and EOS Nation was actually one of the Genesis, one of the very first DSPs on the DAP network, as well as a Genesis BP on EOS. But uh, it, it seemed like whenever I first met Benny, I, I, I think I knew Eve before Benny, uh, but whenever I first met Benny, you two already had a little bit of a relationship. How did, how did the two of you guys end up meeting and, and starting working together in the first place? Uh, Benny and I actually had this conversation not too long ago. Uh, we're on a call and we're like, do you remember the first time we met? And Benny's like, I think it was there. I'm like, no, I remember when it was. So we, um, it was actually in Shanghai. So I just came back from Shanghai yesterday. So it's really interesting. We were in Shanghai uh, af- at the, uh, after, at the family day, after the EOS community conference that was held in South Korea. Uh, going from South Korea to Shanghai was uh, quite tricky because there was a, uh, there was a, a typhoon and so everybody got landlocked in uh, in South Korea for an extra day and basically we were something like I don't know 30 BPs or 40 BPs on three planes everybody got redistributed on three planes and uh, and we end up but, we, but at least we at least like if one plane goes down the main net was okay if three planes <laughs> went down it was pretty tricky so anyways we, we all head over to uh, Shanghai and um, it, like I was starting a, a month-long journey so for me like a bunch of people are there and they're having fun or whatever and they're you know they're, they're in the spirit they're in the mood we just launched launch main that not too long ago and stuff i was just starting work for a while i'm in china for 30 days i'm not going there to you know drink and party or whatever and so uh we ended up going to uh, a private bar a bar that somebody had rented and uh we were all there together we're on the rooftop we've got this place to ourselves and you've got you know those big uh champagne like the gigantic champagne bottles and the gigantic <laughs> vodka bottles or whatever gray goose you know yeah. the gray goose vodka but it's like massive and everybody's drinking and stuff. And I'm like, I don't particularly want to drink. I'm going to be here for the next month. I'm jet lag. I need to cure this because I'm going city to city almost every day. And I look and there's the guy in the corner as well who's like not drinking either. And he's kind of talking. So we started talking. We knew each other a little bit, but not so much. We end up spending like four hours or something. <laughs> us, just both of us talking about business the whole time, talking about EOS, about mainnet, about so many different things while everybody's out, you know, partying, dancing, whatever. <laughs> and that was that was like pretty much the first time that we really had a really long conversation. I was on a really rooftop long. bar in Shanghai in the Bund. Exactly. Uh, that's how Benny remi- remembers it. Benny remembers it like, who's this guy with the long hair that just keeps yapping my ear off? <laughs> nice, nice haircut, by I the way. I didn't have you hair look- at the time. <laughs> You look about you look, like we were talking about this before you went on. You look like you're like 20 years old now with the haircut. Yeah, <laughs> good looking fly. I, can't uh, I had the beard at the time actually. The first time I, I met Benny, I had the big right, beard and my hair right, was short. You're right, you're right. I can't. I don't think I didn't drink at that time. I think I drank, but this what kept me going with Eve anyway. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I remember this as a really great night. Uh, and I think uh, we got in close together ever since and uh, became friends, yeah. uh, part of the community and uh, more than that. So I, 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 remember, the- I remember seeing the relationship. So like I, I, I've yet to actually meet even person as much times as, as we it's interact true. online. Like I, I've met other people yeah. from your team. I, I met uh, Denny, in, uh, Denny and Daniel. I've yet to meet you in yeah. person. Uh, but I do remember at the beginning of the main that launch, you guys did, what was it called? Link? You guys worked together on something? Uh, yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. So that's another thing. That 
kind of started with that. Uh, I'm surprised you remember that. Oh, man, I, I am uh, the EOS was... encyclopedia, man. I remember everything. <laughs> so it was a couple of teams that got together, and the idea was to bridge uh, communities throughout EOS. So we saw that there was, you know, tribalism already existed within the EOS community uh, uh, back then. Or Sorry, no, it wasn't really there yet. We wanted to try and prevent it as much as possible. We saw that it was happening within the larger blockchain ecosystem. And uh, we built some bridge reports for a period of time together. Uh, we held some activities together. Uh, we hosted uh, a link, uh, or a link, I guess, hosted in, in Oslo when the Oslo conference happened, uh, November 2018, I think. Um, yeah, it, it was really, really good time. And it, we, yeah, great. That was, that was back in the liquid, liquid EOS days. Liquid EOS, mm -hmm. yeah. For us, it was pretty interesting because we started developing things uh, and then we understood that uh, the Asian community already built it. You know, there were BPs in China that already built it. And they started like, okay, we, we have to bridge this somehow. Uh, so we started the, the first report and then we said, oh wait, there is this Link Foundation that tries to do the same. So we kind of joined forces. Um, so yeah, everything came pretty cool together. And then Eve's just been on, on a tear in the e, e, bridging the East and West since then. I mean, there's no other Western BP that has done as much globally as US Nation, I think, at this point. So what, when, when do you think the tides turn for you guys? Because you were in the same boat as all of the other BPs where they started dropping in the rankings. And then a lot of uh, people started complaining. They, 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 were, they were unhappy. And rather than trying to do something about it, uh, they, they complained and splintered off. And like it, they, they became maximalists of something else in some cases. Mm. Uh, at, at, like what, at what point did you realize you had to do something? And what was like the turning point whenever you decided to like, uh, like kick off the like the reward proxy? And then, mm. and then from there, I, go, I keep thinking back. I'm like interrupting myself here. But you, you, you put out a blog article about a reward proxy like you're ahead of your time six back months in may six, yeah we, we got a lot months. of flack for that so the idea with that that um that article was really just to begin the discussion because we saw where the minute was heading at the time it wasn't prevalent yet there was very few rewards proxies um and and we foresaw, and I guess I guess we foresaw because I spent a lot of time in in Asia and uh, with other blockchains. I've been in blockchain space since 2010. I was mining Bitcoin in February 2010, um, and so I've I've been in this space for a very long time. I saw it evolve quite a bit, and I just I with the information that I had at my disposal, just like you, you know, you make some connections, and I saw that that's where we're going. I spent a lot of time in Asia, and so I was quite intimate there, and I saw that the sentiment and the mood that was there was very different than in the West. Uh, and by I spent a lot of time there. I'm in Japan right now. I was in, I was in China yesterday. Um, I, 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 I move around quite a bit. Yost Nation, that's kind of the premise of what we do. We're, we're trying to get as much as possible global sentiment, so we're, we're really spread out. Um, and so we put out that article. We wanted to have the discussion because we felt that, especially at the time, a big part of why uh, people didn't want to have the discussion was from a moral po point of view, kind of a moral standpoint, and not so much from a, a um, uh, I guess, a business. strong yeah, business case. Or, but even more than that, like yeah, even a nobody was really able to explain why it was so bad for the system <laughs> if we were to head in that direction. But regardless of that, 
the I think people started forgetting that BPs have no power. They really, really don't have power. Power is loaned to them by the token holders. The token holders always decide. And if the token holders wanted to take the main that, that direction, essentially that's where we need to go. And so at that time we had released the article, I was saying, listen, if we don't adapt, we're simply going to die. And we can bitch as much as we want about it, but if you're not in a position to actually make changes on any network or within any kind of realm of power, whatever, if you don't adapt, then it doesn't really matter. And so we we talked about that. You know, we you know we had the the graphic that we chose was kind of a Jedi with two two swords, one blue, one red, whatever. And the idea was you know just fight fire with fire. And it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's our approach was never um, anything that's going on is good or bad. It is, and it's our job as BPs to to adapt. So we tried to get that discussion going. Um, people weren't interested in that discussion. We faced a lot of backlash uh, at the time and for a very significant period of time, we lost a lot of votes because of that for just wanting to have the discussion. And, uh, and, and then we just saw, just like everybody else, our rankings started dropping, the amount of votes that we had started dropping. And the once the vote stabilized, uh, that wasn't really the hard part. It was that everybody else was getting votes. And so you had this influx of new token holders uh, for for the first time, being partic- participating in the in in elections or you know being active token holders, and none of us were getting any of those shares, and so our number was was staying the same, the actual number of votes, but the proportion uh, of votes within the ecosystem was dropping considerably, and that's when we saw kind of the disparity start. And uh, uh, great Denny on our team, who's a, an amazing programmer. Uh, and and the rest of the team, we got together and we're like, all right, let's do this. And we, you know, it was kind of a hail mary. We had we kind of came to a fork in the road, and we've got this, we've got this, and we evaluated the pros and cons. We ran a risk matrix. Uh, we did some outreach. We actually, you know, again, token holders, all about the token holders. And we, you know, we listened to the governance channels, participated in the governance channels, and decided to take that road that nobody else was was taking at the time, and that very few have taken um, so far either. And we launched the rewards proxy. Uh, to our uh, surprise, uh, we gained 8.5, almost 9 million votes in three days. I think in less than 72 hours, we grew to 8 million. Uh, we at the time were running, I think, 3.4, 3.5% APR. Uh, it was part of the vision uh, of what we wanted to do with this, um, and so we were, you know, we were making something at 120 EOS per day, but we were burning like 800 EOS per day by giving it away. Taking so we basically loss. had saved for this. Oh yeah, it, it's that was that was part of the plan, and uh, and slowly our idea was to create a hybrid system to showcase that it was possible to be able to compete at the level that it took uh, and to to be in the top 21. That was always the that was always the goal. And uh, and then over time we started offering other things with our proxy. So one of them, which is which is highly relevant to the folks on the show, is that we offer people to take if they want their um, EOS dividends, but in DAP rewards. And so right now, of the you know the, the hundreds of EOS that we give every day, there's about twenty percent that actually gets converted and sent out in DAP rewards. So there's a huge demand for for DAP rewards, and what that does is it actually creates buying pressure uh, on exchanges for for DAP. And a big part of that is because token holders want DAP rewards, and they they want it so much that they're willing to forego their EOS rewards, get it in DAP instead, which says a lot, I think, for the project. So I think everyone that's watching this knows how to vote for the EOS Nation proxy. But for those who don't, how does someone vote for the EOS Nation rewards proxy and how do they get involved with this? 
uh, come and join us on our webpage, proxy.yosnation.io. Uh, we made it super simple. You basically log on to Scatter, log on to the, the various other forms that you can log on to. And there's one button. If you haven't done it before, there's one button. I think it says click me or do it. I think it's actually do it. You click on it and basically it registers you in the proxy. Uh, and then it, it selects uh, proxy for nation as your proxy choice. The reason for the registration is that everything is on chain. Everything is automated, smart contracts. Uh, and so, um, yeah, basically everything is transparent. Everything is open. And so we need to know how many people are, are registering because, and this is actually a, uh, to fix a loophole, part of it as well is because people were doing proxy jumping. And so they were going from one paid proxy to the next multiple times a day and getting the APR on each. Uh, and so wow. by registering, we can see the timestamp of when you were there, when you're claiming, are you still there? People do anything to game things like, ev like I, yeah anything man even for a couple pennies i, I talked to uh some, some <laughs> oh, guys you'd be surprised. From, from i remember talking to some of the guys on the Bangor team whenever they they deployed uh like their cross-chain stuff and like free accounts on their site and they, they just require a phone number and they hmm. said people figured out how to like extract the seed phrases from these free accounts and then like would sell the ram and they'd get like a couple pennies of profit but they would like scale yeah. it by like thousands and it's just insane yeah. the like length people will go to to do it. But I guess if you could fraud stuff like that at scale, you could maybe make a little bit of money. But it's not really. When we first launched, uh, we didn't have a minimum that you require that you needed to stake. So even if you had zero point zero 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 one EOS, which effectively, based on the APR, would not give you any rewards because the rewards you would get would be smaller than the lowest decimal possible yeah. on EOS. We still gave you 0 0.001. So effectively, we were giving you 100% APR daily wow. on, on your rewards. And so some people who I believe uh, benefited from the Meet One, um, I think it was Meet One and WhaleX like a year ago, a year and a half ago, gave up uh, free accounts. accounts. Yeah, yeah we, we had somebody with like 50, 60 accounts uh, that was claiming a 0.0001 EOS daily. Plus, at the time, we were also giving uh, in the in the default profile, we were giving USDT and uh, and DAP, 10x value in DAP as well. So not only was he getting 100% APR daily on EOS, that person was also getting basically bonus DAP and bonus USDT Ooh. daily. We calculated it. I think the person was gaming the system for four pennies per day. So yeah, much yeah, for four pennies per day. <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of work required. And the worst part was that person reached out to us when we raised the limit. And he was upset because uh, he was like, why did you guys raise the limit? <laughs> We're like, wait a minute. This is your <laughs> You're account, You're the reason right? like, we did it. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and actually, the reason the only that we, we were good with that, we're like, you know what, if you want to game the system for four pennies, go for it. The reason why we removed the uh, the the low accounts was during the CPU crunch because we pay CPU for our users. But not only that, we're also giving uh, recharge CPU. So essentially, every day that you were staking to proxy for nation, we were buying Rex for you a certain amount nice. so that if you were staked for 30 days, you basically had like the full power up. Uh, it was giving you something like uh, 250 EOS always in your account worth of CPU. Um, and then when the CPU crunch came in, then yeah, we had to kind of cut on services and the first thing to go, sorry, but it was the people that was gaming that were gaming the system. 
makes sense. Uh, but I mean, to, to kind of finish off the rewards proxies, like you were like way ahead of your time. You put that blog article feeler out way before like the world was ready for it. And then you came yeah. out with your proxy. And since then we've seen the call and talks crypto proxy doing something similar. And then Generos released a tool that allows pretty much anyone to do a value proxy if they want to. So a, a lot of innovation happened out of a, a problem. You have a problem, you create a solution, and then it, yep. it, like that, that's how you iterate. That's how you improve. Uh, mm. Another thing we're iterating and improving on, and it ties in, is the, the congestion. The, the, the cost of CPU has gone up. And we, we, you, you guys just proposed that Rex upgrade. It got upgraded. We iterated and we improved. Uh, the other compliment I'll give you is that it seems like you as nation has a habit of being ahead on thing ahead of their time on things. And you just happen to be one of the, uh, first DSPs on the DAP network too. So what's that? I say? think we were the first one. Yeah, we were the first one. It was pretty amazing. So just saying, just saying, um, <laughs> but, but with, with the cost of CPU going up, we've seen a migration of DAPs. We've seen karma. We've seen yeah. earn bet. We've seen DAPs going to different sister chains. We've also seen the sister chains themselves, like we just saw Link's chain uh, launch, and we, like not to bash Fred too much, but he's he could be a, be a he could poke the bear a lot. I, I don't I don't know how to describe it in a nice way, but he, he trolls people about this, and like we're seeing this with some of the the sister chains. They're like attacking each other instead of saying like why we're so good, why should you come to us as a chain? We're gonna bash everyone else and say like why you shouldn't use everyone else's chain. That's like the opposite of what we should be doing here. We need to. Uh, break down the walls of maximalism. And I wish er, instead of all the infighting, people just said like, this is our value proposition. This is what we do really well. This is why you should come join us on our chain. And I, I think that's the approach that, that we have at Liquid Apps and on the DAP network is we have all of these tools, all of these solutions that make your job as a developer or the developers on your chain easier to, to get to what their actual product is. You don't have to build the initial foundation and building blocks. You need oracles, it's here. You, you need you need parallel processing. It's here. Uh, you need VRAM and ex extra storage. It's here, and we want to make it available to everybody. We we want we want these solutions to be available across all chains. We don't just put it on the mainnet and say you have to come on the mainnet because it's the only way you can use our tools. We want to make our tools available to everyone on every blockchain, and that's all being facilitated by a, by by a piece of the DAP network called Liquid X. And I think that's a good introduction to Benny. What is Liquid X and why do you think it is so important for interoperability? I think you, you've done a really good job explaining it so far, but I'll, I'll take it up a notch. Uh, I would say that Liquid X is a part of the DAP network that allows for every EOS IO chain to be integrated uh, into the DAP network itself. It allows for the migration of the DAP network capabilities to each and every chain, whether it is EOS IO or not. Um, and it allows you as the owner of the chain or as a believer of a specific chain to kind of take the chain into the tip of the spear of the technology that currently is uh, within our reach and uh, helping the developers that are developing on your chain to succeed and exceed their limitations right now. Um, most of the chains which are not EOS IO, uh, sorry, not EOS mainnet specific, uh, don't require uh, a lot of cost for resources. But this is not something that's sustainable. 
right now most of them are subsidizing the resources. So we can expect that even though dApps are migrating to a specific chain, this is not something, uh, uh, it's only temporary. So they will need a second layer so solution for resources. Not to mention that all of these chains do not currently hold uh, a solution for uh, uh, oracles, uh, free accounts, which are uh, uh, universal. It's only a, a chain specific uh, uh, accounts. Um, and it, when it comes to integration with uh, IBC or what Liquid Link allows you, which is cross-chain communication, this power that we created can be harnessed to each and every sister chain right now through LiquidX. And I think, I don't know if we told this uh, yet, but the way we uh, see this happening is by anyone that likes the chain, that is part of the chain, that has an account on the chain, is allowed to actually activate LiquidX within this specific chain. So what, what you're saying is, and I know the answer is, nobody has to give you permission to deploy LiquidX on any chain. Exactly. And, and any, any developer could do that, and any DSP could do that, any BP could do this. Uh, Eve, you happen to be a DSP. Uh, you're super connected hey, in the that. community. Uh, you talk to a lot of <laughs> chains. You produce on a couple of chains. Mm -hmm. are, are there plans uh, uh, for EOS Nation or other individuals who you don't even have to name planning to deploy DAP Network via LiquidX on some EOSIO sister chains? I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to segue into something else <laughs> by answering your question. I think that at some point, all BPs should essentially be running on all chains if they can through LiquidX and all of and being able to offer whatever service that they can on those chains uh, to facilitate the process. If the idea is that DSPs and BPs are in a way, you know, network operators or the network facilitators of operations, we are going to be we're, we're heading towards the time, and I'm working towards being able to be at a place where it doesn't make sense to not run on every chain or it doesn't make sense to not deploy LiquidX on every chain if you're already participating there. Benny and I have had this conversation many of times in private, but we, we believe that at some point all BPs should strongly, strongly consider being DSPs. You want to kind of give your reasoning behind that, Benny? So right now we know uh, that BSPs hold and save and respect the consensus of each chain. Um, we also know that uh, the amount of power each BP holds is limited. Uh, EOSIO is more scalable than all other chains that I know of today, but it's limited on its power. Uh, and uh, when it comes to cost of resources, it's even more limited. And having this second layer uh, and having every VP run the, a piece of this second layer as a DSP will allow for all the developers that want to develop on top of this chain access 
to this mass amount of resources. And it, it can do so, the developers will be able to do so as easy as possible as part of the chain itself. If every BP becomes a DSP, it also allows for a better consensus for every action you do on the DAP network. Because in an, econ an economic level, the DSP will be obligated not only to facilitate the right answer because otherwise he will not get elected as a DSP by the DAP, but also because people will revoke his uh, place as a BP, not only as a DSP. So it kind of acts as uh, another balancer when it comes to being honest as part of the network. Um, I agree with what Benny is saying, and I think we are heading in that direction. I don't think we are there yet. I think that we're still build, building the foundations to be able to to uh, to go there. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on on certain things. And something we haven't talked something we haven't talked about publicly uh, yet. And this might be the first opportunity, and then we can maybe follow it up with more discussion. Is something facilitated with Liquid X is something we haven't seen in EOSIO yet, and that's child chains. You wanna kind of give an introduction of what this mind-blowing uh, technology is and what it could do. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would want everybody to think about child chains um, as a chain as a service, chain as a DSP service uh, mechanism. It allows for any DAP or a group of DAPs or anyone uh, to create either a temporary or a, a forever EOSIO chain by electing multiple DSPs that runs as the BPs of this specific chain. All right, and now we need to think about all of the use cases that this can enable. Uh, and I think that the, the most interesting for uh, everybody and uh, I know that you guys talked about congestion a few minutes ago. Um, what if we can do CPU offloading to this kind of a chain? So imagine, if you will, a DAP that is running on a child chain. Everything is happening on the child chain. From time to time, the DAP can actually migrate some of the information to the mainnet if it wants to or to a sister chain for that matter. And it elects its own DSPs. The CPU is being run on this child chain and there is a consensus on whether or not a specific result is valid or not by the specific DSPs. And all of the user's transactions are actually running on the child chain. So a congestion on the mainnet will not really interrupt anything on the DAP. The DAP will work as it is normally, regardless of uh, uh, any effect for, uh, uh, from CPU issues, IDOS, or any other thing. And I think that when it comes to corporates coming onto the, the public networks, 
This is crucial because they cannot have congestion issues when it comes to their users. They need to be there and they need to, the, the availability more than anyone. And this is something that we have to help if we want this adventure to succeed. And I think child chain is the best way to do that. And I haven't got to do the best part yet, but I'll have you guys talk about it and, and I'll add one more. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, uh, Dimitri from Bounty Block in the Everything EOS channel, in the Telegram channel, he brought up a good point. He's talking about Bounty Block and how he works with a lot of non-blockchain clients as well. And he was talking about the reason he doesn't like move more stuff on chain. And his reasoning is like, guys, like I'm working with actual enterprise clients. I cannot afford a minute of downtime. That's just completely sure. unacceptable. I'd be breaking all of my SLAs and that's impossible. So I can't move more things to blockchain uh, or add to it to the consensus until like that issue is completely gone. There could be zero chance of, of me having any downtime at all. And the one way that like one way that this could be possible is, is through these child chains. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I have to say that, Eve, you want to talk about it? Just there's you didn't really mention that, but those chains as well can be permissioned or permissionless. They can be run mm -hmm. by one person. They could just be basically running your own network. So in the sense of what you just said with Bounty Block, the idea that there's downtime, well, if it's basically just running infrastructure, it doesn't even need to be in a way a blockchain because you can choose to, if you want, basically run it as a private data center in a way or like a, a private server, basically. And then depending on how you architect your application, your enterprise or whatever, this component can be permission. This per component can be permissionless. This per component can be run through multiple BPs. This is just private. This is, you can play around with those things. So it opens up a lot, a lot, a lot of possibilities for an application. One of the things that we're talking about constantly is choosing your own trust level. Okay. Choosing your own decentralization level, because not all dApps are built the same. Not all dApps have the, like, the same not all functions within the dApps also require as much you know trust that that's one thing people tend to say i need a hundred percent trust for every single piece of data that exists in my application and that that you're not being honest with yourself and or you need to go back to the drawing board <laughs> it sounds cool but it's really it sounds time cool not, yeah that's not realistic it. okay you don't no. need it you don't need it no. uh, uh usually you need a grown-up okay a grown-up in that matter it's some kind of a control some kind of a trustless or trust level that needs to be tuned uh and i think this is a great great tool set for developers when it comes to exactly that and eve said it correctly permissions are key here so there's one thing that um that that i like to uh that i like to say when i talk about the the liquid apps network is we, we and, and some people will disagree, but what I believe Liquid Apps is building here is kind of the foundational blocks or the Legos or whatever you want to call it for every single possible in a way. Um, and as they implement more services and more functions, then that the network expands. Um, possible iterations of IBC in a way. So if you want to um, communicate with different chains while well, you've got a service for that. Within that chain, you need particular services, then you've got ways for that. And all of these are all in a way links 
to different functionalities within different chains, within the same chain, within like Benny was saying, trustless tr or less trust, more trust, permissionless permission, et cetera, et cetera. All these components for me, I see, and I've seen liquid apps um, from the very beginning as a means to achieve what I think is the form of IBC that will reign supreme, which is not one thing. It is just a bunch of connectors. And once you have all of those building blocks necessary, you can build the particular line of building blocks that you need for your particular use case. I, I think that to really understand the, the true value of what this brings, like you have to be thinking of massive applications. And I'll call out Ramon Binlish from Blockstart. He, he's working with enterprise level applications and he said it like this is public like he's publicly said like i couldn't have done this i would have had to turn down these projects if i did not have dap network to, to help scale and that was before the the child chains uh so like once you think bigger and you're thinking like we, we talked about earlier about the, the the sister chains and how like resources are cheap right now and even daps on the mainnet relatively speaking it, it's cheap because you have a thousand users or a hundred users more likely what happens when you have a million users? Like scale your resource costs and tell me how you're going to afford that without yeah. a second layer solution like, like that. There's no way. There's no way. The people that are saying that they'll be able to offer free transactions, free accounts, it makes no sense if the premise is that your chain is being used. It does make sense if your chain is not being used. Effectively, the EOS mainnet had free fee list, not free, fee list transactions, because that's also, uh, I think, a, a difference that people are coming to terms with. Uh, the idea that people were thinking everything was going to be free it is very different than fee-less. It's never free. Those resources have a cost. They were fee-less. Um, but so if if the if the idea was uh, or that that some of these chains are offering fee-less transactions and accounts, EOS had that. The mainnet had that for the better part of the last eighteen months. EOS was essentially fee-less and free accounts. You could you could, you could get accounts anywhere. People still offer free accounts. So it it only is viable until you start getting usage on your product. You will at some point need a second layer solution for resources. Resources are finite. They, they, they are finite. You have no way around that unless you start doing censorship. And then, yeah, but the censorship is only going to last you till a certain point because there's going to be one killer app that you really like that you're not going to censor that's going to have a lot of users and it's going to have a lot of usage. And again, you're going to be stuck in a system with finite resources. In order to scale those resources, you need those second layer solutions. I completely agree with Eve. And more than that, I, I can share uh, that some of the uh, sister chains right now are uh, in communication with us regarding LiquidX and uh, all other implementations of the DAP network because they understand what Eve just said. Because right now they're subsidizing some of the resources <laughs> themselves, okay? Just like EOS in the beginning. Uh, and there will come a time where they will not do that anymore. And even if you create a fluid app, as we call it, an app that can actually migrate from one chain to the other instantly when it, when it can become too cost heavy, even if you create that, it's like following the chain, you know, following the, the new chain all the time. Every chain, when it becomes too much, uh, it, you know what? When it becomes successful, okay? And yeah, people use that's it. the thing. <laughs> I know, it's because it's success. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It will become more expensive, like in real life. That's how it is. Uh, and Supply and demand. That, 
supply and demand, exactly. And, and, and the second layer here is crucial for us to actually go to the next level of depth. It, it, it removes instability, it gives stability. And for applications, for any enterprise, if you can, at the end of the day, remove any unknowns, increase stability, it is something that then you can rely upon. That is, it can reduce your margin cost, your marginal costs. Um, it is what you're striving for. You're trying to remove any unknowns. And that's what Liquid Apps does with a lot of its products. It removes unknowns. It gives you the, like Benny was saying, in the, the chasing each chain and chasing different products to always get that free thing is not a sustainable way to grow. Maybe you're able to make it for a certain period of time, but at some point, it just you're going to be spending so many resources on just trying to find out what the next is and the next is because whatever, there's going to come a tipping point. Um, at, at some point, this, the, the staying wherever you believe is the right fit for you in terms of whatever chain works for, for whatever product you're building and then scaling up the second layer solution is, in my opinion, a much better way to, uh, to grow your business. And really, Liquid Apps is giving you the tools to be able to do so. About child chains, the second thing that I didn't mention, I think we talked about scalability just now. I think this kind of takes everything to the next level. Um, is the ability to do sharding of uh, uh, transactions, of massive transactions. And I'll explain it uh, by... Hold on. Let me call Vitalik up. He's been trying to do sharding for a couple of years now. Vitalik, <laughs> are, you, are you watching? Let's listen to this one. So imagine this. Imagine, uh, do you guys know Eva? Like the project, like Uber-like decentralized? Yes, Eva Co-op um, in Montreal. Yes. Right, right, right. So, so let's imagine them for a second. And let's imagine they're scaling up. Uh, so they, uh, uh, there will come a time where one chain will not be sufficient for the amount of transaction they will need. And if they want to use multiple chains, if it's like mainnet and wax and telos, each chain has different specifications, has different implementations. So it's really not scalable to be able to use more than one chain if the chains are not the same. What if they create uh, a few chains, a few child chains that are exactly the same chain, same specification. And each chain will be, let's say, in a different geographic location. Okay, one, uh, uh, the US, uh, Canada, uh, uh, Europe for that matter. Um, and each chain, each chain will hold uh, user data, uh, transactions that happened before, et cetera, et cetera. And when you need uh, interoperability, you will do so by IBC in between these chains. So the DAP can actually run simultaneously on multiple chains, which are essentially the same chain. And you can do that with interacting in between public chains and private chains as well. So what you cannot do on the current chain that we know, you will be able to do on these child chains 
as you are the one that holds them. You are the one that controls them, but it doesn't mean that the information that you have there is not uh, 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 kind of uh, clear for all to see as well. Was this, this, this made any sense? I, I think like what you're describing is like you, you could select uh, let's like decentralization is a spectrum. Sometimes you need 21 BPs to run everything. That's like when you're running it on, on base layer. Uh, but whenever you're running on the second layer, maybe your consensus you need three block producers or three DSPs to run a, a, a child chain or its own private chain. And you could basically uh, select three DSPs and one jurisdiction and then have uh, three DSPs in another jurisdiction. You could have some crossover. You could have one of those blockchains just running accounts. You could have one of them running like payments, for example, and then they could all be communicating together. Um, I, I was going to take this somewhere. Let me, uh, in my head, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Damn it. You, you wanted to say <laughs> that if there's a DAP, all right, that is too much uh, uh, too heavy in order to be run on one specific chain, you now have the ability to run it on multiple chain without needing to change too much of the uh, design of it since you're talking about the same chain. But you can do this in a multi-dimensional uh, 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 processing of everything that's happening within it. This way, by the way, you can actually do not only Eva Facebook style dApps, you can do massive processing, heavy uh, uh, gross settlement uh, 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 needs real time with, scale with, with another scaling option for the future. You brought up a subject that Which you're, leads you're, into. you're a published author of this real-time gross settlement. <laughs> uh, you actually got published. It's Christmas Eve. I think the article it came out the day before, but then on Christmas Eve, I get this alert on my phone because I have like a, an alert for when Liquid Apps is mentioned on my Google News. And it's like Yahoo Finance published Benny Hakak's uh, real-time gross settlement uh, trading and, and how it could be done on a blockchain. Let's just... Why don't you introduce what you wrote about and explain to everyone what this is because I wasn't aware of the terminology and everything until I came across your article, actually. Yeah, uh, that was pretty surprising, I have to say. Uh, seeing this on uh, Yahoo, I, it was Christmas Eve, as you said. Uh, my little surprise under the tree. Um, I, would, I would say that this is a, a problem that the blockchain has been trying to solve for quite some time. Uh, how do you take a lot of transactions uh, and make sure that all of the transaction actually takes place and being pre pre presented on chain, but with minimal amount of fees? So, for example, when it comes to uh, uh, Ethereum or Bitcoin, you have Lightning Network, for example, that is trying to do exactly that. They're doing a gross settlement while the actual network is keeping only the minimal amount of balances, uh, uh, which is the net settlement itself. So 
they need external nodes in order to do gross settlement, meaning that the chain itself does not hold the entire amount of transactions. The chain itself has the net settlement only. And evidently, this does not hold in all jurisdictions around the world as we understand it. Uh, enters liquid apps and the DAP network uh, with the technology I just explained with the child chains, you have a way to allow for reliability of private chains with child chains. It's a lot of wording, I know, but keep with me. And you have an auditability of the public chains because you can navigate in between EOS and your child chain offloading the amount of processing power needed into the child chain and migrating it back to the EOS mainnet for that matter, having a full circle with proof and the whole amount of transactions that happened so far. So you have all of the trace for all the transaction happening, all of the gross settlement that has happened outside of the mainnet but you have all of the data on the mainnet itself. This was really, 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 really complex, wasn't it? Uh, I have no let, comment. Let me break it down. <laughs> let, let me break it down as super simple. So the Lightning Network, once you go on the Lightning Network from an accounting point of view, you lose all of the accounting previously, or the sorry, the accounting that occurs on the Lightning Network node does not exist on the main Bitcoin nodes. Through yep. Uh, through uh, uh, child chains, the accounting that occurs on the child chains will also essentially occur and have a record of uh, existence, all of the transaction on the mainnet, whatever, on the, on the parent chain or whatever. And so that link is, is, a, is, a, is a missing link. I, I from an accounting jurisdictional point of view, it is, it is magic. So you, it, think about what, what Liquid Dapps did with the, the Merkle roots for the first time with, with let's say, Liquid RAM. Same thing. Essentially reapplying that purpose, but in a, in a different fashion. So but you still have the proof. Exactly. And, but but the, the difference is there, all of the DeFi community on Ethereum is looking for you know, the, the holy grail which is real-time gross settlement mm. uh, with, with, with uh, integrity of the data. We have it. Well, and not only do you have it, you have it on a piece of software in a network that operates multiple times faster, along with the other products that you have or that are available, even already live and functional, uh, which from a DeFi point of view are, are essential if you want to do anything on chain arbitrage, whatever, anything like that, if you want to do actual trades on chain, you need speed, you need power. Uh, unfortunately, Ethereum doesn't have that. So even if they were to have that accountability of uh, integrity of data, they still don't have the network to be able to power it, but they do if they use Liquid X. Not only oh, Liquid X, and Liquid Link, and Liquid Link, and Liquid Link. I'm going to make a commercial out of this cut right there. 
Um, thanks, Steve. But yeah, uh, 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 even if Ethereum developers do not want to leave Ethereum in order to actually they don't implement have to. this, they don't have to. They can they do this to. through Liquid Link. They can have Liquid Link transfer a piece of information. You will have a child chain spun out, process whatever data they want, get it back on chain with proof. For with the all of the information, which is key. Because you need to prove it. If not, it's not blockchain. If not, it doesn't exist. Exactly. And that's the way the cookie crumbles, I think we, you say right there. Uh, this is why we I, were the first DSP on liquid apps. <laughs> I, I, the only thing that I, I want to make clear is this can happen, by the way, not only by allowing for child chains. It can happen on a a side chain or a sister chain for that matter uh, uh, and transacting the information onto a mainnet slash another sister chain. Yeah. That's fine. I think that's why maybe even the terminology, um, I, I've, I've shied away and now I've said it multiple times on this particular show, but I, I've, I've been shying away from using sister chains or whatever. At this point, they're all just chains. That's all it is. It's just a different iteration of the software running with different parameters or even, oftentimes even with the exact same parameters, uh, but they're just chains. And now you've got a way to link all those chains and to link the data and to authenticate the data, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And, and Which is why I say I, that I, Liquid Apps is IBC. All of the services, you know, all the products, IBC, liquid apps is IBC. IBC, my problem with the wording IBC, and I think I've told this to you in the past, <laughs> it really uh, uh, talks mostly to EOS people. Like outside of the EOS community, people don't really understand the wording. They, they talk about cross-chain, they talk about interoperability, but IBC is really mm. limited to EOS. And we don't see the DAP network as an EOS-only solution. Mm. Uh, and this is the reasoning behind not uh, uh, doing it like so. Uh, secondary mm -hmm. is something that everybody understands. Uh, middleware is something that most people understand. Uh, and this is what we're seeking towards achieving, um, having kind of a, we don't, we, we don't choose, we never chose a specific chain to, to, to rule them all. We try to integrate everything because none of us know what's going to sustain the, the flood, you know? Um, and it kind of sets everything in motion like this. This is why, like, we're thinking outside the box. We, you have different kind of uh, uh, objectives we're trying to achieve, and we do it in ways that no one thought about before because they're really constructing everything knowing that there's only one chain, uh, and it's a big difference. Um, I think like one example, like I've, I've talked about it before of like how you could run a, a separate chain or a private chain or a child chain and you could ha like send your hashes to the mainnet. You're hashing to the mainnet to, to prove basically that you haven't changed anything in history. Someone could, could basically not want to do that with EOS. Maybe they want to use Bitcoin, for example. They trust Bitcoin because Bitcoin has the highest market cap. No, no one, it's proof of work. You could actually use Bitcoin for your consensus layer. Simple as that. Well, it's, it's more <laughs> than even Yeah, it's even more. It's, um, I mean, consensus layer, if, if that's what's of interest to you, but it, it can even be because that's where your assets are. 
and you need to somehow have access to those assets or you want to enable that your user base can have access to those assets or can utilize those assets within your particular realm uh, without necessarily having to move across chains. Like you want to you wanna meet them where they are. And that's exactly. what a lot of the products do. It meets the user where they are or meets the developers where they are. 70% of uh, uh, the blockchain community is holding Bitcoin. That's how it is. Uh, so uh, when you talk about where the people are, this is where they are. Like this is the only data point that we have. Mm. Um, so I think that we need to give the developers the flexibility to choose what's their favorite infrastructure to be building upon. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that the second layer should be on Bitcoin. Uh, it can be uh, a Bitcoin base and that network as the second layer for that. It can be Ethereum, that network on, on the second layer for that. It can be WAX. It can be either one, as long as the developers will have the right tool set to actually implement what he came to achieve. And uh, I think this is what a lot of people are just uh, skipping when it comes to why do we not see mass adoption yet? A big part of it is tribalism, right? And what you're trying to do or, or in a way what you're trying to, and, and you said it earlier as well, Zach, it's, it's, it's breaking down those walls. You know, people you're used to working in silos or people who used to working on their project and, and for reason as well, you know, they're trying to accumulate the resources to be able to do more within their particular realm. And I think we're at a point where, uh, if we want to grow in the next phase of our evolution as blockchain as a whole, those walls need to come down and we need to work together. The community is only so small by fracturing it off and working against one another. We're really losing a lot of that potential. Right. And I think, I think EOS like that really break down those walls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're in a microcosm in EOS that simply exists outside of EOS as well. The very, very similar between chains or between Boy, developers. You know, yeah, this, I would, I would, this exists even outside of blockchain. I would focus you even more. Like, EO started and everybody sang Kumbaya together and we were all, like, trying to achieve something great, which is launching the mainnet. And we did. Mainnet launched. Okay, fasting, fast forwarding. Everybody worked together in order to create tools for the network and to create mm. block explorers and... It was pretty amazing. You know, uh, me and uh, Eve became friends, even though we were, in a way, competitors, competitors. of one another. Yep. The, 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 what I want to say is the reason that EOS became better is because the community stood together. I think every single co community ecosystem that wants to achieve greatness needs to stand together and walk forward instead of battling and ramming on one another. Um, and it's true to EOS, it's true to DAP, and it's true to the whole blockchain ecosystem. And I don't think I'm saying anything new here. It's just like shaking your heads together and saying, guys, ladies and gentlemen, please work together. I gave a talk about that in Rio a couple of months ago at the ECC. It was called Reigniting the Magic. And I went through exactly what you just said. We were in the honeymoon phase right after mainnet launch. And even though we were competitors, we were all working towards the same similar goal. We all had kind of that glimpse in our eye of what things could be like. And we had to work together in order to achieve that. And over time, 
uh, for various reasons, we started breaking apart. But if we want to really continue innovating at a pace uh, that, for blockchain to be adopted as a whole and for really to break through in this market in general, just in, in the global space in general, we really need to work together. Really, really need to work together. Products like what you're building really do that. They really achieve that. And that's one thing that we do at EOS Nation as well. Like the, the, we never took a, a combative stance. We're always trying to work together and bring people together. A big part of it was the East and the West, that kind of thing through Link. A lot of the initiatives we do with our ambassadors, just trying to get people to work together because we even wrote it. I wrote an article, one of the first articles I wrote, uh, through diversity, strength emerges. There's only so much that I can do and there's only so much that I can know and viewpoints that, I, you know, that I'm able to, to see I talk about this with Benny here and there. It's like we, we're on completely different paths and we complement one another with the skill sets that we bring. There's only so much that he can do in a day and that I can do in a day. And if we, if we extrapolate that, everybody's doing the same thing. With all of us together, we're just greater than the, the sum of our parts, right? I, I, I don't think we could... Uh, Kumbaya, yeah, I don't think we... I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think we could close out on a better note than that. I, I, oh, another music video. Uh, I, I think that's a great place to close out. Um, we've talked a lot about the, the future and like what's next for Liquid Apps. It's actually here today, but it, it, we'll see more of it as things get deployed. Uh, what's next for you as Nation in 2020? What, what's, what's your big agenda? Like what, what haven't we talked about today that that's EOS Nation related, whether it's DAP Network or not? Uh, the next big, big what thing is the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I... <laughs> we might have some surprises in store. Uh, the, the next big thing uh, that, we're, that we're spending a lot of time on is the WPS. Uh, that we, we're, we've, we're doing a reboot of the WPS because the WPS or a WPS system was presented to the community uh, a year or so ago. And um, we all, it, it didn't work out uh, for various reasons. And so we believe that it is still very much uh, needed. And so we've got together with Attic Lab and we've been building a WPS systems now for a couple of months. Uh, the WPS system, uh, I've seen the demo. There's a front end that all the smart contracts are, are written right now. We're, we're debugging, we're debugging the UI, we're debugging the, the smart contracts and we will be releasing, uh, it's actually already on Kylie in jungle if, if people go do and play detective um, and we're releasing a, a live public beta likely uh, right after Chinese New Year and so uh, around uh, February the first or second week of February so that's that's really what we have on our plate right now uh, and then it's going to be a to try and carry that forward and so that we can actually implement it on the on the mainnet that's uh, that's what's here I, I, in the foreseeable future. I, I teased that we would talk more about the WPS on Tuesday, and I got a lot of flack. I, I always assumed that my audience knows WPS. I had like three comments where people were like, what's WPS? I just assume people know. It stands for Worker Proposal, Worker proposal. System. And could you just give like a TLDR on what, what that actually is? So uh, I guess my version of <laughs> what it's going to be based on based on where we are now in the ecosystem um, right now in EOS, uh, the only method of uh, incentivization for people to work at whatever competency and bring to the table whatever competency they have uh, to build value for the mainnet and for them to be incentivized and, and compensated for that is through block rewards. Uh, we've seen a, sh a significant shift in how 
token holders wish to distribute that uh, inflation and is largely going to uh, mining pools. And so the token holders themselves are getting the inflation back. What's happened with that, though, uh, is that a lot of the funds that were going to build base level infrastructure, plumbing, electrical, uh, you know, running wires behind the walls, uh, you know, installing uh, subboard for floors, whatever, putting up concrete, all of that stuff, uh, funding has been significantly cut. And so a WPS system or worker proposal system is really enabling or opening access to funds in whatever method uh, to teams that uh, uh, make some proposals for a particular scope of work that they would like to bring to the table. Um, with you know parameters, et cetera, et cetera, without going into detail. And then the network approves or not um, the the release of funds to those teams. I'm I, I would say I would it. say it's like a, a reverse grant and bounty program where you it's a bottom it's a bottom up instead of a top yeah. down. Exactly. And we've you seen success them? with it on, on Bose, on, on Talos. They seem like they're, they're, there's a lot of success. And you're actually part of the team on Bose that deployed their WPS. So it's not like this is your yeah, first rodeo doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so WPS on Boss is us. Uh, I, I designed it and then uh, we built the smart contracts and we implemented it. Uh, and then we learned from that because Boss WPS uh, was released about a year ago, last February. And so we learned a lot from that, what worked, what didn't work, what could be improved. Uh, but the idea was that it was in a live environment with actual funds. Uh, people have, behave very differently when they're real, you know, when there's real money on the table. If you've ever played poker for fake money or Monopoly for fake money and then you've <laughs> played for real money, not the same interaction. Uh, so we learned a lot from that by putting it in the, in, in the wild. Uh, and then also learning what we know of the, of the mainnet, being here from since before launch and kind of where we are uh, and where we believe the network is heading and what we believe it needs. I think that's great that you called it like testing grounds because that was the idea at like mainnet launch was that sister chains, like one of the greatest aspects of them is that they can be testing grounds for new ideas because there's a lot less at risk. And that, that's in a way what happened here with deploying it on one, one smaller chain and then bringing it to, to the big chain. Um, mm. And there, I love the idea of incentivizing network growth because that's what we want. We want that network effect. And a WPS is a great way to, to achieve some of that network effect and get, get the most dedicated people to the system building and being incentivized to build. And I think this is a good spot to announce that at, at Liquid Apps, we're, we're, we're doing very similar things. Uh, you guys, uh, I'll, I'll just tease this now. You could look forward to seeing some grant programs coming out. So our very first grant program uh, was actually last year with the DSP portal challenge. And EOS Nation happened to be first place of that. Uh, I want to call out the other ones too. What were the other ones? Blocks, I think, got second or third. Who was the third one? Uh, was it Multiblock? I'm going to... Oh, uh, DSPHQ. No way. DSPHQ. Yeah. DSPHQ, so I think, yep. That was our first grant program. Went great. And then we had the DAP Network Hackathon, which is a crazy success. I've talked about it enough times. I'm not going to get into it. But that was another way we incentivized network growth. We had 50... I just spit. <laughs> $50,000 worth of, of prizes and grants. For, for people to, to get their hands dirty on the DAP network, build things. And we saw amazing things built like Liquid Crypto, Liquid Escrow, um, the, the winner from Onesis with, with, with their project. Um, and we have more grants coming. And these grants that you will see, uh, we'll have more details. I'm not gonna give timelines, uh, but there'll be usage grants. So who is utilizing the DAP network to the fullest? Who's using VRAM the most or the best? 
who's using liquid accounts in the best possible way. We'll have more details uh, very soon. Uh, and that's the best timeline I'm going to give you right now. So I'm excited for the grants because I'm directly involved uh, with that and getting the word out to the community. And that's what I'm doing right here. So if you're listening and you're close to deploying on onto on liquid apps, just keep building. There, there, there's good things on the horizon. We want to incentivize network effect. We want to incentivize your development. We want to grow the DAP network together. That's one of the things I'm excited for for 2020 uh, with DAP network. Benny, what are you excited for personally on DAP network and as blockchain as a whole? I'm excited for more people to get to hear about the DAP network, get to use the DAP network. And you know me, I am a man of, uh, first of all, deploy whatever you're going to talk about and then talk about it, you know, action first uh, uh, and then talk. We had a year full of action. Now it's all about, all about getting the word out there, having more people to hear about that, having more chains deploy the DAP network capabilities on top of them. And uh, I think there'll be a lot more surprises to come. So I can't wait for that. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, we talk about this multi-chain vision with the child chains. Like we, we've been talking about like this world with millions or thousands of blockchains. And this could all happen with these child chains. Like you might not see them because they might not all be public chains. But I think we'll hit that number of thousands of chains this year, like between public, private and every, everything going on here. Each thread is its own chain. So pretty excited for that. Uh, Eve, is there anything we missed out that you want to you want to hit on? I think I already asked you this once. Uh, but I think we've wanna... covered we've covered everything. I mean, I, I I'm incredibly bullish for what's to come. I think that we um, one of the great things about about being in a bear market or being in a sideways market or whatever you want to call it, basically what we're in right now, what we've been in the last year is that people uh, put their heads down and they just build. And the amount of things that I'm privy to and the amount of things that we've personally built um, is, is insane. There's just so much work that has been done over 2019 because people didn't have to focus on uh, basically competing in another pro against another project who's saying they're going to do what you're saying you're going to do and basically nobody even needs to release anything and you're you know fo people are FOMOing in and the funds are trickling in whatever just like we saw in 2017 those times are obviously exciting uh, but I find that the bear markets are even more exciting because we really get to see people work uh, and then when uh, you know tides shift and you see those teams emerge uh, that's when I think the magic happens. And for me, I think 2020, we're going to see a lot of magic emerge uh, of teams that have just, you know, been working heads down, working on projects and are going to be releasing some amazing things. So just be on the lookout. Uh, I'm, I, I know that there's some really good stuff coming along. All right, I guess that's a good spot. We close out this show in a very specific way. It's probably going to be sloppy. It's probably going to be embarrassing. But we got to close this out. So if you guys made it this far, like the video if you haven't already. Leave us a comment if you're watching the archive. If you're in the live chat, let us know what you think this entire time. I probably should have said that at the beginning. Uh, but we're closing out. Until next time, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Yves LaRose. Benny Hakak. Thanks, everybody. No, you see we messed it up. No! This, <laughs> this, this is everything, everything EOS. EOS. Go Eos! Am I the only one that knows? Uh, <laughs> I right. didn't know. I don't think I ever saw the ending. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man! Well, you've been part that's of the show. I, that's you've how been I, part of the show. That's how I always catch people. I always do this at the end. I catch people.